All right, everyone, welcome back. We are here with Jason Goldberg again to continue talking about dating and relationships. I'm still single. And he's still (laughs) single. (laughs) He's still single. And Jason, you are a very conscious man. You you do work on yourself. You do personal growth. You also teach personal growth. Yeah. What inspired you to get in that line of business? I think it was one of those things where the way I always describe it is like, if you go to a restaurant that you just love, you can't help but tell all your friends they have to try that restaurant. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. The dumplings, like they're incredible. Like you have to, you have to have everybody, you know, do that. And for me, growing up as somebody who, like I mentioned, was, was morbidly obese, you know, 330 pounds in my twenties. I was 250 pounds when I was 15. Uh, I was on antidepressants from the time I was a teenager into my mid twenties suicidal ideation into my mid twenties, like depression, anger, all the things you could think about. I had, I had the whole smorgasbord of stuff. And so it wasn't until I really started taking personal responsibility for how I was creating that. And, and kind of the way that happened is I read about this in my book, but like just having a real wake up call, especially in my physical weight that things needed to change. And so I dove into personal growth and I dove into like getting coached and opening up to this whole world that was completely foreign to me. There was nobody in my world growing up that taught me about any of this stuff. And it was just completely out of the ordinary. And for me going through all that transformation and always being somebody who from a very young age, because of me being overweight and because of, you know, getting picked on and stuff in school, I ended up accidentally developing two skill sets, two characteristics that I thought would help me feel enough. And they were humor and empathy. Those were my two big things, right? And so humor, if I can make everybody laugh with me, then they couldn't laugh at me, right? And so humor became a big thing for me from a very young age. And then empathy was actually directly related to the opposite sex because I'm this kid, especially in high school, none of the girls see me as like a viable, you know, boyfriend kind of option. I was always the conduit to my cute friends, right? They would they would come to me and they'd be like, hey, what's the story with Joe, right? I'm like, fucking Joe, what about me? And so, <laughs> so I, I was lacking this feeling of connection. And so what I realized is the way that I could get some of that connection need met was to be with these young women in a way that my buddies couldn't. And that's to actually sit there and listen to them and to hear what was going on in their world and console them and do all these things, right? Which yes, gets you friend zoned very quickly, but it was something that we actually did feel connection. It may not have been a romantic connection, but it was still connection. And so I feel like those things were always kind of the, the underlying things that I kind of started doing naturally that I felt were really valuable to the world. And that's now a big part of what I do now is I lean on my humor and my empathy in, in the way that I teach and coach and everything else. So I think it's always just been like in me to, to be a contributor and to help people and then couple that with my experience of being coached and getting into personal growth. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. So when you are a coach, do you sometimes do you subconsciously attract people who need fixing? Or do you go on autopilot like, oh, I want to fix this person? So do you mean in relationship, like in in potential partners? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a challenge. I think that's a great point that you bring up. And I, I do, some of them probably need fixing for, for lack of a better term. But I think what I do attract is people who maybe want mentorship. So they see the way I show up or they follow my work or they've seen whatever. And, and I won't say that they're fans, but I will say they're like, oh, wow, this person has a great whatever, like perspective or teaches well or whatever. So we end up getting these conversations and it's very easy for me if they start bringing things to the table that they're being challenged by to kind of move into coach mode. And I think that's probably a a bit of a polarity killer with relationships and, and potential partners. So yeah, I think I do maybe attract some of that. 
Yeah, I mean, which completely makes sense, but you're aware of it. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, step for sure. one yeah. is the awareness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Step one is awareness. Yeah, with the house is on fire, awareness is, is awesome, but then you also have to get the hell out of the house. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> it's, yeah, good. awareness followed by action is probably a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Can I just say you look very nice today? Oh, thank you so much. Did you pick out your outfit yourself? I, I, I did pick out my outfit myself. I, you know, funny enough, I've always, not always, I have, I've always been into aesthetics. It wasn't always fashion as an aesthetic, but I was always into aesthetics. And I got into like graphic design as a kid and like, you know, com geeky computer stuff. And then when I finally had my own home, I was very into like interior design. And then when I moved here, the one thing I'll say I got from my, my Bumble relationship that I had, the only one I've really had was, uh, she was in, she's like an influencer. She's in the whole style thing. So she helped. And now I do have the help of a lovely, amazing, uh, stylist by the name of Jean Yang, who's just incredible. She styles Robert Downey Jr. and Brad Pitt and Jason Momoa and all these people. And she is my stylist. Thank you, Jean, if you're watching. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she's she's helped a lot. I picked this out myself, but she has been very helpful in, in all that as well. Good job. And are you open to being styled? Yeah. Or, or are you, do you have any oh, resistance? No, no, no. Well, here's the funny thing. So the way, the way that Jean and I connected is Jean had read my book, and then she was a part of some online summit thing. This woman invited me in to speak to her group of like 35 women. And I went on there and spoke to all of them. And then Jean reached out to me. She DM'd me afterwards. And she's like, hey, I love your work. Like it was so great. Like love your book, all this other stuff. And if you ever want help with style stuff, I'm happy to do it. So my first thought though, because I get a lot of like DMs of like, oh, I want to help you with this. I'm going to coach you on this. I can sell you this service. And I'm like, all right, who's this fucking person? So I go to her Insta and I'm like, oh okay, she's for real, for real. So I told her, I was like, yes, absolutely. And then we got on the phone the first time and I've since gone to her, her office in Beverly Hills to do like actual stuff together. And uh, she was like, you know, are you open to it? I'm like, yo, you're the professional. This is not my expertise. Please manipulate, mold, do whatever you... <laughs> change all this. You want to put me in a wig? Do it. I probably would Husband do that. material. <laughs> so wait, is the flexibility there? The the husband material part? I think, I think that's a good quality to be open. Hmm. To be, of course, I mean, women don't want someone like, a, we don't want like a puppet that we could do. Oh yeah, no, whatever I definitely would not. I would not be that. But yeah. I do find that a lot of men are are pretty stubborn. Like sometimes, I mean, my husband doesn't really do it anymore, but in the beginning, even before he would see what I would buy, no. No. <laughs> I said, I'm like, you haven't even seen it. What do you think was his his aversion to it? Like, was it the actual clothes or was it the fact that he didn't pick it out? He he said his mom used to dress them up in these like silly like Easter Sunday clothes and oh, okay. he he hated it. Ah, trauma. He hated it. Yeah. Easter Sunday trauma. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not your little doll. I'm like, I'm just, you know. And then now he we've talked about it. He's more open. Yeah. But I feel that men, men who have been married or they've had a lot of different long-term relationships with women, I think they, they tend to get, or sometimes people naturally just have a personality like yours where yeah. they're just open to that. But I find those men, they know when to push back and they know when not to push back yeah. because it, sometimes it could just turn into something that it doesn't have to. But of course, communication, mutual respect is always key right of like I, I don't want to disrespect him by like throwing hiding his clothes that i don't like <laughs> because i because i've never done that no. i might have okay i'll admit i've done it once or twice before but i won't throw it away i'll just hide it to see if he even notices oh it's that's gone. it's step by step it's step by step deception i like it's like paint by numbers <laughs> deception this is good this is you want to ease the deception in you don't want to go full-blown <laughs> deceit right away i like this no well because i i just want to see if he, if he doesn't even remember he has it you know but if he asks for it, I'm like, oh, okay, man, it's definitely important to him. But I don't. I know someone who will just flat out like 
get rid of it. I think that's disrespectful. And actually yeah. hiding it is, I don't, okay, it's not the best thing to do. <laughs> I mean, you're not a Batman villain, but you're close. It's, it's you know. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? It's like understand, and this was one of the things that I always had with, with my ex-wife is anytime she got in any kind of like stressful situation, it was always three choices. I can fix it for you. I can help you fix it. Or I can just shut up and listen. Right. And you get, to, and I have no, can, I have no tie to any of those things. What do you need in this moment? Mm. And sometimes it was like, I need you to fix it, to fix this for me. Sometimes it's, can you please help me to figure out a solution? And sometimes it's like, I just need someone to listen and I'm fine with any of those three things. But I think having that kind of level of communication with, with your partner is really, really important. Yeah. That's really good. I really, really like that. And it keeps it simple Yeah. too. Yeah. Cause you're dating. What's your number one complaint about women today? Ooh, number one complaint about women. Hmm. Clumsiness. I think that no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm totally kidding. Just got my phone. Clumsiness is actually adorable. I love clumsiness. Um, my number one complaint about women. That's a really good one. I'd say mixed signals is is probably my biggest. And it's not even a complaint. It's just a confusion. Like I just, it's just really confusing to me to to feel sometimes like I'm somebody where for the most part I go if there was a spectrum of I think every woman's into me. I think no woman's into me. I skew more towards the no women's into me. And I'm just like, no, no she's just friendly. She, and then people will be like, dude, she's absolutely, no, no, she's, she's friendly with everybody. That's how she is. Right. And so, and I'm really friendly. I think maybe that's where, the, maybe that's where the projection comes from. I've had it happen before where women think I'm interested in them because I'm interested in them as a human. And like, we have a good connection and, and they're like, oh, I think he's into me. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I just, I just think you're great. And I love talking to you. So Maybe that's why I'm projecting that. But yeah, I, I think that's the thing is like I'm trying to be mindful of when I think a woman is sending signals. That's been a practice for me where instead of worrying about them needing to change it, I've just changed my response to women. And now I'm just being much more forward about things that I'm seeing or, or what I think I'm seeing. And I'll, I'll have this conversation and say, hey, I'm feeling this interesting connection with you. I don't know if it's like a soul friendship connection or if there's something more. How are you feeling about like our interaction? And then it's been great. There's yet to be a single woman who I've said that to has been weirded out by it. They're like, wow, like, thank you for just putting it out there. And some will say, I just think you're an awesome person. I want to be your friend. I'm like, awesome. Okay, cool. So that's what it is. And we're good. And then other ones, it's something different. So it's just, I think it's a good, a good conversation to have. And then I don't have to worry about my complaints of women sending mixed signals. What's an example of like a first date that you like to do with someone? Well, God, it's all, it's all changed so much. I used to have a go-to. I oh, yeah. Go, what I was the go-to? My, my go-to always was Scopa. Okay. Scopa, is a, yeah. that's a nice restaurant. Just has, it's beautiful. It has beautiful ambiance. It's yeah. a sexy vibe. Uh, the food's always good. The service is always good. It just it always felt like a really good, solid place to be. So that's kind of been my go-to. Or before it would be like if it was going to be something where we were kind of just meeting for the first time kind of thing, then we would go to like Rose Cafe and get coffee or a drink or something like that. I don't really drink, but um, do something like that. So that's kind of my go-to, but anywhere where we can drop in and have a conversation, that's the biggest thing, right? I want to like really get to know the person right away. And so anything like that is good for me. So dinner typically works for that just because like it's an extended period of time, you get to talk. But what I did transition into was at least a phone call or a FaceTime before I met somebody in person. Yes. And that, that was helpful. Yes. That saves a lot of time. Yeah. And a lot of heartache and a lot of stress. And yeah. When I was single, I would do that as yeah. well. I just, I'm, I'm like you, I like to be efficient. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's, and it's funny though, cause you know, love is, love is not efficient. It's not. And, and when, and when it you're can somebody, work against yeah, it's, 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 it can totally work against you. But I think there are little things like that, that it is important to be a little more efficient just to manage your time and your energy. 
Yeah, just to know, like, can you two hold a conversation? Yeah. What their voice sounds like? Some people are sensitive to to that. Yeah. And what are some pet peeves of yours? Just in general, with humans. Yeah. People who, um, I feel like you can learn so much about people by by the way they treat people in the service industry. So whether it's servers at a restaurant or an employee at a store or whatever, and it is probably the the biggest turnoff in the world to me if I see somebody treat somebody rude in any any way in any shape or form. Uh, I I don't tolerate rudeness. I just I just can't. I can't do it. If you have it a bad day, it's fine, but I can't tolerate rudeness. So rudeness is a huge pet peeve of mine. Um, what else? I don't know if it's a pet peeve, but like I really enjoy a woman that cares about her appearance and will put time in to look good. And if need be, can get ready for brunch in 10 minutes on a Sunday and doesn't need like two hours to get ready. Like who's okay with shifting between like a little higher maintenance and a little lower maintenance. Like she has the different speeds. So if a woman is like just super high maintenance, like she can't go to the store unless she's all like Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Uh, that's, that's probably going to be an issue for me. I've met people before. I've met women before who do not like comedy. Okay. They don't get it. They don't watch it. They don't like it. I cannot be with somebody who does not like comedy. Comedy is a big part of my life. So I, I can't do that. But then do they like when you made them laugh? Or I, Yeah. I mean, I guess they do. It's just like they don't get into like if, if I wanted to watch a comedic show or a comedic movie. I remember this girl that I was kind of starting to see and all she would wanted to watch is like these really gruesome horror movies, which I do not do. It's <laughs> not my thing at all. And so I tried to do a trade-off. I'm like, yeah, cool. We can watch that. And then like, let's watch this other thing. And she's like, no, no, I don't do, I don't do comedy. That's not, I don't get it. It's not entertaining to me. And I'm just like, it's not entertaining to you. I don't, it's like saying water's not wet for you. And it's just like, it's comedy. How do you, how do you not like it? So that, that's, they don't that's like why. laughing. They don't like laughing. I, that goes back <laughs> to the joyful, playful thing. I think it's just, that's, that's what it is. And I think maybe one other pet peeve would be, and I guess maybe kind of goes along with rudeness, but it's entitlement. Just like not being willing to do the work on yourself or out in the world or thinking the world owes you something or thinking the world's out to get you. It's just not something I really enjoy being around. Does it ever freak you out when a woman is too forward? It hasn't. It hasn't yet. I mean, the only time that it's maybe a little uncomfortable is if I don't feel the same and then my people pleaser comes in. I'm like, oh, man, she was so brave. She was so courageous. And now I have to somehow like let her down. And that, so that's my own shit. But it's never freaked me out. I actually really, I prefer that. And I've actually said to people before when they're like, what are you looking for? And I said, look at Jay-Z and Beyonce. Jay-Z and Beyonce on their own, perfect, wonderful, masterful, crushing life in all the ways you can crush life separately. And when they come together, this new entity was formed that's also amazing, independent of the amazingness of the two of them. So I'm kind of like Jay-Z looking for my Beyonce in that sense, right? So if it's her authentic self to show up and, and be forward and say what it is she really wants, that's great. That's a turn on for me. Like I, because that means in the relationship, she's also going to say, this is what's important to me. This is what I want. And I'm not in the guessing game. As men, we don't want to be in the guessing game of stuff because 99.9% of the time we get it wrong anyways. So I, I think it's great when a woman's forward. I love that. Uh, can we talk about masculine feminine dynamics? Yeah. Do you are you attracted to women when they tend to be a little more feminine or balanced? <laughs> this is a really this is a funny one for me. So, oh God, man, it's so weird. I really enjoy the conversation around because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of really good goodness to unpack in it. And even in myself, like I notice that I skew more masculine professionally and more feminine personally. And there's 
variations and gradations and everything else in there. It's not never black and white. But it's weird that I tend to be attracted to women who have some kind of a masculine part of them. But at the same time, my ideal woman has the masculine in that she's, she's on purpose, like she knows what she stands for, like that side of masculine, but has the softness of, of the feminine energy. So softness for me would go along with the, the joyful, playful thing that I'm really into. Like I, I love the softness of, of a woman, but I love when she also is able to turn on the passion, the purpose, like the get stuff done. Like she's, she knows what she wants and she's going to do whatever it takes to get it. So I, I like the dynamic of having both in my partner. Yes. I, I do think that in, for most people today, it's a mix of both. Yeah. And I know a lot of men don't like to admit that they have some qualities are considered feminine. It's it's a mix, just like women are more masculine today than they yeah. were, you know, 100 years ago. It's different. So I think it's finding the the areas which you seem pretty clear on of where you tend to like them more masculine feminine because sometimes a lot of conversations I have with single friends you know they'll say something like yeah I want him to be you know really masculine like these guys too feminine I'm like well if you want a really masculine guy that also comes with him you know then you can't be surprised or complain that he's not showing up with you like feminine in this way you know that's what your girlfriends will do that for you then you know so so it is a mix and i think just a staying open too of everyone wants to craft their perfect person right (laughs) like they're like this here but not like this here it's like it's like a robot yeah (laughs) which i don't think exists like just being clear but also being open too because i think if you're too rigid with things like oh she has to like i'm like is that a deal breaker or is that a preference Totally. Being clear on that. Do you I think it's important. Do you think that you're too rigid on anything? I mean, I'm probably too rigid on height because okay. <laughs> there's uh, there's probably been women who have come into my life and I'm just like, yeah. They, they too like, tall? Yeah, like 5'9", like 5'10". Five, five, I mean, I'm 6'1". Right, you're but, tall. But I, I tend to like – I don't know what it is. I tend to like a, a shorter woman. So I'm probably too rigid on height. You know, I was – it's actually funny. The Again, the last, the last woman I dated um, seriously that we were talking about, she was somebody who – was in my world like for years and I never really saw her as a viable kind of relationship candidate for myself. And I did at that point, I was in a phase, I don't know if it's a phase or whatever it was. I I was in a phase where I was physically attracted to a certain type of woman and she did not fit this whatsoever. And for whatever reason, at one point, I don't know if it's actually may have been a conversation with another, another friend of mine, but it's some conversation where I literally in the conversation was like, you know, I think I'm holding a little too hard to this image of what I think this person's supposed to look like. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna release that. And the day I released that, literally the next day I saw this person, and I was like, oh, interesting. So I'm trying not to be rigid at all about like look beyond like all the joyful stuff we talked about. So if am I rigid on anything else? I think I am rigid on that, like the youthful energy and the softness thing. Those are those are two for me that I think I'm pretty rigid on. Is there anything else though? There's gotta like, be something. Yeah, any like deal deal breakers? <sighs> any deal breakers? What about like career? Their career? Yeah, I mean, well, ideally, you know, being 41, I would like to be with somebody who's already pretty established in what they're doing. And and they like I said before, like they feel on purpose and they're doing their thing. They may still be building the thing. It doesn't mean it's like a huge success already, but like they're not in the process of trying to find what they want to be doing with their lives. I don't know that it's a deal breaker, but it feels like it's not ideal. Right. And so it may, yeah, that may actually be a deal breaker in a sense. Um, so that would be one thing as far as like what they do. I don't have any, any problem with that. The only challenge is that if they are, like I was saying earlier, if they're a nine to fiver, 
that can be a challenge just because they may not fully understand the, the entrepreneur kind of lifestyle. And we may not have the flexibility that I would want us to have to be able to travel and, and do other things unless they can like work remotely and stuff. But I, I like the, I like the entrepreneur kind of vibe if possible. Okay. Yeah. So is, is friendship important to you? Huge. It's huge. Huge. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's the thing like now with my partner as well. So like yeah. back to the person that I dated when I first uh, moved here, the, the Bumble one, the influencer one. I think, I think you showed me. I probably is it did the same one? Point. Probably. Okay. Yeah. This is the one that Ajitanita did not like. Okay. Right? Your so, friends, your friends, it's good to take their opinion into consideration. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't take it in, in, in quickly enough, but it, I took it in event, eventually, but it was a clear sign to me because when, when we could tell that there was not a match between this person I was dating and this is not to bash her. She, she's a fine human being. It just wasn't a good fit. So what happened here was that it was obvious to her and to Ajit and Nita, who are two of the closest people in my life, uh, that they, there wasn't a compatibility there. And I mentioned that to the girl that, that I was dating. Her response was, well, who cares? You have your friends over there and I'll be over here and we don't have to cross paths. And that is a deal breaker for me. Like I need to be able to go with my partner and be with any of my friends. And something that I really love is when I know I can leave my partner with people and they're good. They're not going to be like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to talk to people. Before I would do a lot more gathering kind of things and still doing them now to, to a point, but I need to be able to have my partner kind of hold their own and be able to speak to people and, and create their own relationship. So um, friendship is huge for me. And I actually just posted about this the other day. Community has become such a huge thing for me, especially in the last six months. It's always been a part of my life, but intentionally creating community in the last six months, six months has been huge. And the people that I've ended up creating community with have become such a close part of my life that it's even more important now that I'm able to bring my partner in and really have them be a part of this this world that I've created with my community. Yeah, I agree. That's really important yeah. as well. And my husband is, he's taught me so much about that because there was, <laughs> I've talked about this quite a bit, but our living situation, how I've considered wanting to move somewhere a little more quiet, still in LA, but just a little tucked away. But his community, a lot of our friends are in the immediate part of LA and he yeah. can just bike to see his friends. And I didn't get his attachment to it so much, but in the end, like when you're in your deathbed, what do you think about? It's all your relationships, your community. Yeah. And I think having an integrated life with your partner. I mean, people are different. Some people just, they do, they want their partner to be separate. Right, right. But I just feel there's so much joy when you can show up consistently across the board in, you know, between your friends, family, your lover, your husband, <laughs> your wife. Well, not having a husband, wife, and a lover. I mean, whatever. Not, but <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> no whatever judgment. you want to do, it's fine. <laughs> what well, I meant. <laughs> <laughs> not for you. <laughs> I, I find a lot of joy in that. So it sounds like you you do appreciate when a woman is independent to a yeah, certain degree. Absolutely. Can a woman be too independent for you? Or has one been too independent for you? Hmm, that's a good question. I guess it, it would depend on what she considered being independent versus being unwilling to accept help, which I think are two different things. I think people who are independent also know there are limits to what they can do on their own. And and they have the the open mind and the open heart to accept from other people to receive, although I should, I should talk. Receiving can be hard for me sometimes. I think if independence becomes uh, stubbornness and rigidity and inflexibility, whether it's emotionally or otherwise, then that could be a challenge. But as far as like, if the independence somehow clashes with like our values as a partnership, right? And that may not be apparent in the beginning. It may be something that comes later on. 
then I think it's just about having being able to have the communication to see like what is it that that level of independence is getting you that you think is missing in the relationship and is there a way for some of that to come from the relationship so you don't have to be independent to the point that it disconnects us. So independence in the container of a, of a relationship is great. Independence that threatens a relationship for lack of a better word and that doesn't mean like you having your own friends, you going off on your own vacations by yourself. That's great. That's independent. That's fine. You sh- people should do I think it's great when people do that as couples where they go some vacations together and some vacations apart. That's great. Yeah, anything that would like threaten the value system of the relationship without a conversation would be too independent to me. Okay. And let's talk about hard conversations. Yeah. When you have <laughs> lots of those. Well, okay. Just say, what if a woman wants to go deeper into a relationship or she wants to know the status? What is a good way for her to ask without scaring someone off or feeling like it's too much pressure? Yeah. I mean, I guess this is, this is the challenge and this is where we have to do better as men. If there's like, um, a five-year-old kid sitting on the floor playing with a toy, like at a family dinner or something, you would never go up to somebody else and say, Hey, how do I, how do I go talk to that five-year-old? Like, I want to like play on the carpet too, but like, how do I do, how do I like, what's the right word? You just go sit on the fucking carpet and you play with the kid. But I think as men, one of the things we have a challenge with, and, and I think it's, it's a twofold thing, but I think as men, a lot of times we have a challenge accepting the, the true feelings and, and true um, needs being spoken by somebody we're dating because we think that them asking the question somehow threatens our independence or whatever else. We make it about us. And if somebody asks a question to me like, what are we? In my most evolved moment, and maybe I wouldn't always respond this way, but in my most evolved, when I'm slowed down enough and present enough to see, this is just somebody trying to get clarity. And I know what it feels like to feel confused about shit. I don't like to feel confused about stuff. So if I can have empathy for like, oh, she's confused. Like she doesn't know. And and maybe I don't know either. Like let's have the conversation. But I think that like, there needs to be enough trust and enough rapport and enough openness and communication in general where you could just come out and say, hey, okay, is there a way to say it? Sure. Maybe not in a way that's accusatory. So if you're not sure what we are to come out and say, you know what? I'm sick of you not claiming me as your girlfriend. I'm sick of you not doing blah, blah, blah. I don't think most of us would respond favorably to that, right? But to come out and say like, I really enjoyed the time we've spent together. It's been great hanging out and getting to know you and everything else. And I'm just curious, like, do you see this moving forward? Do you see, like, I'm not asking for, you know, marriage or anything right now, but like, do you see this moving forward? Is this something you want to continue exploring? And I think that kind of a check-in, if a guy can't handle that, get out anyways, because that's just a red flag of what's going to happen for actual difficult, that's not a difficult conversation in the grand scheme of being with somebody for a long time. That's a, a minuscule conversation. So if you come with that energy of just like exploring and curiosity and they can't accept that, then that's on them. But I think that's a, that would be the way that I would love to hear it from somebody. That's fantastic advice. And you know what? I'm going to guess that some of my listeners, you might get some DMs. <laughs> I, I'm going to guess that you're going to get some DMs. So in terms of what you're looking for, just so everyone's clear, are you open to long distance relationships? Uh, so no. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends. We're in LA. So Venice to West Hollywood is a long distance relationship <laughs> for a lot of people. But uh, but no, my, uh, my last one was long distance, but it was very long distance. It was overseas and we were doing back and forth a lot, which is like really tough. And so it was funny because after that, I had kind of met somebody in New York and I was like, I mean, New York to LA is way better than New York to Australia. So it's like actually or LA to Australia. So but no, preferably in, in the bubble, okay. somewhere in the bubble of LA. Yeah. In the bubble. And then do you have an age range, like a general, that's not to be super rigid that you yeah. would prefer? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say typically 
historically I've been kind of in the 30 to 37 ish range. I would go like 28, 29 if they were like a solid 28, 29. Uh, but if, again, there's 35 year olds who are not solid 35 year olds. So it's not always an age thing. Uh, but yeah, typically like 30 to 37 is usually my, my range. Okay. And my last question is, I, actually, the, the viewers wanted me to ask any single guy that came on my show. Yeah. Why are you single? Yeah, I like this question. Why am I single? I think um, part of it is, is maybe the thing we talked about earlier is I'm a little too rigid on not investing time unless I think there's a potential. And so that limits the amount of people that I can connect with which limits the probability that I'll be in a relationship, right? So I feel really confident as a human and as a man that I've done the work and I, I'm, I'm good in relationship, I'm good in partnership. I don't think there's anything about me that holds me back from being in partnership. Um, but I think that maybe part of it is just my, my own inflexibility of like, I don't wanna just date around and it makes me super picky to start getting into something. One of the best pieces of advice I got before I met my husband, um, she was married and she said, are you open? She's like, you have to be open. Mm. And sometimes we think we're open, but it's, you know, it's not. Yeah. But I always give that piece of advice too, is is to try and stay open. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. So if I people- <laughs> No, thank, I appreciate and, and, and I think that's a really good thing to, to think about. And I think, I'm, I think I'm really open when I meet people in real life. I think my closeness is the apps. So I need to, I may need to look at shifting my openness around the apps. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're in a good mood, in a good headspace, just go, you know, just swipe, like just for fun. You yeah, like yeah. to play. Yeah. So just swipe for fun. And I, I, especially with COVID right now, I just think it's just to see what's out there. Yeah, and I think if I mean judging by the pictures, you could kind as if as long as they're not like some like sociopath life or something <laughs> like that. But you can kind of get a gauge if they choose the right photos. Yeah, true. And stuff that you can kind of know. Yeah. You, well, you can definitely tell who's a no. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I need to get some. Uh, do you do coaching on uh, profiles? I should. You totally I should. should. I would hire you today. <laughs> I would hire you right this second. I season. think men usually actually. I think need more help with a that. A thousand percent. And if you don't ask me, ask like one of your female friends, a guys out there because yeah. they, they will help you. Because sometimes guys also, they post, I think, what what other guys might want to see, but no, mm. not females like to see something different. What do you, so what do you want to see? I'm just curious. Because I mean, not, maybe yeah, okay. not you in particular because okay, yeah. you're, you're taking, but <laughs> what would you want to see on a guy's profile? Okay. In, in general, clear shot of your face, mm -hmm. full body shot. I think if you list, uh, if you could type anything, like I think core values help mm, a okay. lot. A photo uh, with a friend or with some friends, maybe not a, a big group picture, but one where it's clear which one you are, yeah. just to show that you have friends. That you have a life. Yeah. yeah. No, because I think that's a good sign like, oh, the, he has friends. And yeah. then I'm, I'm pretty intuitive, but I could usually tell by how their friends look too. Sometimes I'm like, oh God, those guys look scummy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah, and yeah. just like, oh, what kind of people does he have in his life? Um, doing like a maybe an activity that you're interested in. So if you're into outdoors or, or whatever, like a genuine interest, something like that, I think is good. What's your take on like having your profession showcased in your photos? I think that's okay. I think if there's a photo of that, like you speak on stage a lot, I think that's okay. Because there, that there is was, there's a photo of me and I'm like, well, wait, is that? Because somebody had told me at one point, either number one, it's it's intimidating 
to have something like that on your profile because maybe it means like you're not going to be a real person because you're like some wannabe guru and so you're not going to be like normal. But maybe I, that's just their shit. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't – I think that's a good thing to put on because okay. that is a part of your life. Right. Right. And if you are speaking on stage and you're doing that, I don't see anything wrong. I'm big on just like transparency. Like yeah. I don't want to be bamboozled. I don't like surprises. You right. know, if yeah. if they're uncomfortable in the beginning, I don't – you know, I just want someone to see it. I used to work um, at a modeling agency in New York and we would see headshots come through. Yeah. And some of the – like headshot it was like so inaccurate from the person who came really? through where I to the point where I felt like what's the point of you're almost wasting time yeah right so I think just showing authentically showing who you are and just the clarity too so with I, I know it's superficial but the full body shot and stuff yeah, people yeah. they do they most people want to know and being honest about like height and stuff like that because sometimes I, I don't think you are usually when the guys are six feet or above they don't right. lie about their height yeah. <laughs> I feel when they're above they usually sure. add an inch or two yeah. Yeah, yeah. just I think that just increases your chances also of it going in a direction but potentially that you want to that's cool that's super helpful okay I need to do an audit on, yeah. my, on my profile as soon as we're done here yeah and good good lighting too for the photos yeah. I, I I used to be a photographer so flattering lighting yes. <laughs> but that's so that's the other thing though so the other piece of feedback I got was because most of my photos I guess I owe well not most of my photos but most of the photos I've, I've chosen for my profile are kind of more professional shots okay. and so maybe I need to have more candid is that- I, I would mix in some. Yeah. Can- you don't want it all too perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because you want to look a little human. Right. So, <laughs> you so- want to at least look human. You're not human, but you want to look human. Yes. Yeah. I don't think overly curated is good either. Got it. Got right? it. Because okay. some people, they'll do like professional uh, photo shoots for th- the reason of, yeah. you know, their dating profile. But I think you should mix it in with, you know, that you're a real person too. You take regular photos with your iPhone as well. Smart. Yeah. I love it. So should I just Venmo you for this coaching session? Or? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay. So if people want to reach you, where can they reach you? What's your Instagram handle? Uh, Instagram is at the, the, T-H-E, the Jason Goldberg. Uh, Jason Goldberg was taken. I'm really not that pretentious, but I, I couldn't get that one. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, just, I had to get I something else, that. right? It's just like, you know, God, how can I be the most pretentious I can? So, uh, so yeah, uh, uh, the Jason Goldberg on Instagram. Okay. And then do you have a website that you'd like people to check out or? Instagram's best. There's Instagram all, best. all kinds of stuff on there. Links to my podcast and you can check out all that stuff as well. And it's, it's all there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on thank and you, being Cece. so vulnerable. And you're so, like some of the stuff you were saying, I have, I mean, you're so articulate. Well, thank you. Appreciate and it's, that. yeah, it's, it's good. He's a catch. You're a rock ladies. star. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Cece. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings, and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.